Hello, Ben. Yeah, this is fantastic. Another Ben on the line as well. A legendary Ben, though. <laughs> we probably need to get hashtag Bat Daddy going again, don't we, really? We need to get it trending again today. What do you think? Uh, yeah. I think there was a small attempt from me, Jack and Paloma, to kind of get that one going, which I was semi-embarrassed <laughs> about, semi, semi-proud of. But um, yeah, not, not sure if it's stuck. Does anyone always kind of mention that at the start of interviews? It's probably getting a bit annoying, isn't it? <laughs> No, a few a few people have, but initially I was like, yeah, let's get let's get it working, and now I'm a bit like, oh, I don't know, I don't know about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, amazing. Let's let's uh, chat a bit about, um, of course, your role, Thomas Wayne, in Pennyworth, which is uh, absolutely fantastic. Uh, I wonder if we could really, first of all, just sort of you know outline to our listeners what kind of time period we're talking about, because of course this is pre Batman, pre Bruce Wayne, isn't it? Yeah. So it's a, it's a DC origin story, and it's looking at. Alfred Pennyworth, the legendary butler who raised um, Batman, is looking at his life as a young man in 1960s London, and it's him meeting the Waynes, so Thomas Wayne and Martha Wayne, um, who become Batman's parents. So it's all the way back, and it's set in this kind of um, like recognisable version of swinging 60s London with the fashion and the music and popular culture, which is an amazing time in London, but it's 13 degrees weirder. It's kind of got this DC fantastical element to it um, where you can expect the unexpected and very, very strange things happen a lot of the time. Um, uh, so it's uh, it's kind of quite a surprising one. Um, uh, so yeah, that sounds, sounds fantastic. I hear as well, and obviously I don't want to give away too much, but I hear as well a certain Jack the Ripper might just make an appearance. Mike Just. Yeah, so he's done, Bruno Heller, the creator who like has you know invented this whole thing, has done a really interesting thing. He's kind of like fictionalised London, but then we've got famous real life London characters like Jack the Ripper and then other famous literary London characters in it. So it's kind of, he really is like mixing up the, the truth all the time and the and reality of it. Yeah, fantastic. And when it came to the uh, the Thomas Wayne character, of course, I wonder if we could kind of delve into the kind of inspirations behind him a little bit, what you kind of um, based him on and, and sources of inspiration for you. Well, uh, it's in the so when so when you go up when you audition for something you get an email with like a character description and they they wanted a huge influence on the character they 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 kind of cited Cary Grant the yes. kind of Hollywood icon um, so I kind of had to try and wrangle some kind of you know Hollywood glamour into it that was my responsibility to, to bring that but actually watching his films and. Um, kind of like studying him a little bit. I, I've you know I've done a few like nods towards that kind of era, but it was really it was really fun to try and like infuse it infuse it with that. And I think I'm the I'm initially the only American character in it. It's all very East End London. Yeah. So I st- stick out like a sore thumb, um, <laughs> <laughs> which was interesting on set. Um, uh, but yeah, it's kind of a it's kind of like Hollywood meets East End London, 1960s. I don't know what it's like for yourself, but I, I can kind of imagine it being a, a little bit of kind of um, that first moment when you kind of introduce the actor. I mean, you absolutely nail it, so you've got nothing to worry about. But is it always a bit of a Thank concern you. when you first reveal it? <laughs> yeah, no, it is. It's intimidating. I, I've played Americans a few times in some, on some plays over here in London, and then I've done it a few times on some TV stuff in America. Definitely much more intimidating doing an American accent in front of American people. Because um, <laughs> yeah. you're like... Ooh! Um, you know they're listening. Um, and, but unfortunately, everyone, everyone, fortunately, everyone's always been very kind uh, to me about mine. And then this, this one was quite nerve wracking because it isn't just an American accent. It's like a, it's like a 1950s Hollywood film star accent. And sure, they, sure. Some of, the, some of them had, some of them sounded so weird. Like Catherine Hepburn had her whole own thing going on. And even, even Cary Grant had a very unusual American accent. It was like this transatlantic, slightly English, slightly American. Um, so I've kind of like tried to do a little bit of that, but. Not too much of it because I was just worried that people might go. You can't do the accent if I if I did it if I did it too transatlantic. Um, 
so so yeah but you're right you're right it is a little bit scary the first time you kind of air it in public <laughs> well you did a fantastic job so yeah as i said nothing to worry about there for you <laughs> uh, as well could we talk a little bit about the kind of um the kind of characters and and how they kind of respond to each other because I know you know obviously based fundamentally on on the comics I understand there's a bit of a contrast yeah. between you know this and the kind of source material in terms of you know blurring the lines between good and evil characters if you can say that yeah uh, yeah I think that's something that Bruno is really interested in is that I think there's been a very um, it's a very easy kind of uh, trope if you want in in, in comic, the comic book genre is that we very clearly know who the bad guys are we very clearly know who the good guys are and I think yeah. he was more interested in kind of blurring those lines. And of course, people aren't wholly good or wholly bad. Um, and in this show, a lot of the people that are seemingly good um, end up caught up in some quite kind of um, bad situations and they make some bad decisions, sometimes for the greater good, sometimes for selfish reasons. So I think he just kind of wanted to make it um, a kind of like more detailed version of that. So even our like clearly villainous, murderous yeah. character of um, the Plymouth Faith plays, Bet Sykes, you know she's got a real vulnerability to her and he's really he's really given a, he's kind of given like a like psychological reasons as to why she's ended up the way she is as this murderous psychopath <laughs> um so so yeah it's not it's it's not it's not as simple as as good and bad which i think i think is kind of cool i like that about it yeah because i think people aren't they are just so interested in kind of like um you know getting to understand more about you know especially when it comes to kind of psychopaths and things like this people love kind of true crime series as well don't they and they kind of love yeah. trying to look and look and kind of maybe understand those people and i think it's really interesting to explore that in in, in a series like this yeah, definitely. I think we, uh, in the past, like I said, it's been easy to kind of paint a, a simple picture. But like, like you said, yeah, that doesn't surprise me, actually. Now that people are, uh, you know, all these true crime series, we're, we're learning much more about criminal psychology. So I think that there is a bit of that in this as well as it just being like a, a fun um, hero show. I was wondering as well, uh, what, what was it kind of like? Because obviously, the, you know, the DC universe is obviously, you know, one of those you know, very, very well-known and well, well-beloved um, franchises. What was it kind of like entering that that area? I mean, it's been quite a, a cool feeling to think. Yeah, I'm I'm now I'm now in the DC universe. I'm now a superhero, basically. <laughs> yeah, superhero, but with no powers. So not quite. <laughs> um, you don't need it. You've got the good luck, so it's fine. Yeah. Oh well, thank you. Um, yeah, it was. You know, it could have been quite intimidating, I think, because like you know that there's an expectant fan base out there for this stuff, which is exactly why they're making it. Um, and in a way, you've got a lot to live up to. But luckily, I kind of had a clean slate in that the only thing we know about Thomas Wayne really is that he dies like we've seen him die several times in different films and in the comic book so I there's not too much known about him and in that way we got a chance to be quite inventive with him and I'm not living up to an expectation I don't think um and given that it's set way before the comics even existed and before the comics are, are set rather uh you know that the pressure's slightly off on us there at least I, I felt that I mean maybe completely lying to myself just so I didn't freak out <laughs> but that's how it felt <laughs> That's how it felt at the time. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Thank you very much indeed, Ben. That's, that's brilliant to have you on the show today. I'll just finish with a very quick question, if that's right, yourself. And I'd just really like you to, if you could, give us one fact about Thomas Wayne that you wish we all knew. Is that a possible thing for you to do? <laughs> oh, <laughs> Tough that, isn't it? Just put you on the spot at the end there. Just, just, just be evil. The one fact um, that it's, this is very strange, but when he goes to a bar, he orders milk. <laughs> awesome awesome <laughs> well thank you very much indeed ben i suppose i best let you go now but uh thank you so much for coming on the show today it's been been an absolutely epic having you on the show so thank you thank you very much thank ben. you ben take care it's been a pleasure cheers Ben Aldridge, ladies and gents, talking about his role in DC's Pennyworth, which is out now on DVD, digital and Blu-ray. Ben, thank you so much again for coming on the show. Been a pleasure. 